Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I have the honor of having Mr. Greg Washington here. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Man, it's a pleasure, man. I was reading about your company and what you're doing. But before we get started, guys, I want to thank DreamChasers.com for sponsoring the podcast. And what I like to do, Mr. Washington, is I like to let my guest start their story where they want to, and then we kind of go from there. So if you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, that'd be awesome. Okay. Yeah, I am a uh, military vet, originally from Fayetteville, North Carolina, graduated from West Point and commissioned uh, into the Army as an infantry officer. I was at West Point when 9-11 happened. I was the freshman or plebe uh, there. And I always like to give recognition to my class because we had the option to leave, and yet the majority of us chose to stay. And so we, we commissioned, we deployed, you know, we graduated knowing that we were going to deploy and we, we took the fight to the enemy every step of the way. And so um, I wanted to, you know, just first, you know, take my hat off to them. Um, along the way, you've experienced life, right? Not knowing what was going to be there. Uh, I went to West Point wanting a better life for me and for my family. And so um, I did not know that I was going to end up, man, having to deal with so much, right? Like like all, all of the different nuances and, and, and the spoils that, that come with, with war and deployment um, really take a toll on you. And so when I came back from my deployment, um, I tried to find my purpose because, you know, I ended up getting out. And so um, I had served my country. I went and climbed the corporate ladder. I worked in the oil and gas field and in the elevator industry, um, making, you know, a really nice salary. Uh, I even went back to school and got my MBA and started up my own company doing finances. And I still didn't have a purpose. I wasn't satisfied. I missed the feel of connecting with my soldiers, with my, my peers, um, that whole selfless service of being able to give back. And so I found myself walking away from this really nice job and starting this passion project around raising awareness for PTSD and complicated grief. And so we're looking at how different cultures view, treat and overcome trauma and grief. And we're building a community around that of mental health advocates and like-minded people that you know have shared experiences that can help each other along the way. Uh, I strongly believe that you don't have to walk this journey alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that that's kind of been my, my path and direction over, you know, the last 10, 15 years of 
of me finding my own path and purpose and then walking it and now helping others. No, and this is why this is so great because it's so beautiful and I love everything that you stand for. What you don't know about me is uh, in my early 20s, I had a meth addiction and I was homeless and then I was alcoholic for 20 years. Uh, So I've been sober for two years and one month. I've lost 70 pounds. And and, uh, so I'm right there with you. The the reason this podcast exists, the reason that I do what I do in the coaching space is to impact others. Uh, We actually have a recovery mastermind that we started recently. Um, And just to see those people change and shift and uh, understand that they don't have to stay in that that poverty, that that depression state and all those other things is uh, you can't put a price tag on it. Really, I'll be honest with you. There's no better feeling in the world. And I would imagine you feel the same exact way uh, with the work that you're doing. Definitely do. And my my hat's off to you uh, for just the work that you put in to helping yourself. And 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 that's one of the things that. I really want people to focus on, right? And more so with veterans, we go off to war and we fight for our countries, but what happens when we come home? Mm -hmm. We're still fighting a war, but on a different battlefield, Mm -hmm. right? In your head, in your head, (laughs) you're fighting a war, (laughs) right? Yeah. And so a, a lot of people can relate you know, that are dealing with trauma or grief in their life, having to, to, to fight that war on, on this different battlefield. And so when you're in your darkest hour, you got to ask yourself, are you prepared? Right. Do you have enough internal grit and resilience to save yourself? Mm hmm. And so what we're looking at doing is finding ways to help people learn new coping or better coping habits Mm -hmm. to help them Mm -hmm. overcome their trauma and grief and, you know, um, connect them with counselors and life coaches that are supportive and conducive to, you know, their treatment options. Uh, One of the things we look at is culturally sensitive therapy. So if you're, counselor or mental health professional either looks like you or have been through a shared experience that you've been through. Mm-hmm. And I strongly believe that the connection between the two will be a lot greater, which will make the treatment more effective. So my coach told me something a couple months ago and it's so true. It's scary. He said, you coach what you've been through and they find you. And every time I get a new coaching client, I go, oh, I've already dealt with that. We're good, dude. I got you. And it's such a unique bond. It's such a unique experience to share. You know, and I realize that, like, you know, I'm hoping that they don't have to go through what I went and we can save them a couple of years. You know, I'm trying to catch kids before they get to rehab and stuff. But something I wanted to share and I wanted to ask your opinion. There's such a dichotomy between asking for help and being a soldier, Right. A soldier is supposed to be strong overseas, protecting the nation. And I would imagine a lot of them are sitting in solitude, dying inside daily, not being able to ask for help. Am I wrong or right? No, you're 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 absolutely right. What I have seen across the board um, is that a lot of us suffer in silence. 
right? Fear of being judged at the workplace, fear of being judged at home and not having a safe space to be able to process that trauma and grief because we wear so many different roles in life or society that, you know, if you show that you're going through something or have this sign of, of, of mental weakness, that that status or role is going to be taken from you, mm-hmm. right? But we have to learn to overcome that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, to soldiers, and, and I get this a lot, a lot of soldiers don't even know they're dealing with trauma and grief because the up-tempo of the workload is so fast. All right, this is the mission. This is the objective. Go get it done. What's the next mission and objective? And I mean, it's just boom, boom, boom. We're constantly staying in rotation of either training, deploying, redeploying, you know, taking care of soldiers and and each other that we don't even notice that we have something going on until, you know, we're getting out or until we have that downtime or until, you know, the bottom falls out and, you know, shit hits the fan. And now we're having to deal with everything all at once. Mm -hmm. And if you, in that same context for, 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 for soldiers, is it a, is it a lack of options that they don't know is available or is it the same song and dance that the medical community and society has told them this is the way you get help and, and not understanding there's, there's alternatives. Right. It's a combination. I laid you up with that one. Cause I know I read, <laughs> I read on what you do. <laughs> He's like, this guy's playing right into my wheelhouse. It's a, it's a combination of both. Right. Because what you're what you're dealing with is the the old stigmas right so you know in the military it's all about you know toughen up drive on you know we don't go to sit call we don't do this you know we, we soldier up and, and, and keep moving so you have that aspect of it and then when you do need help it's about having a feeling of being more than just a number Right. So going into a clinic and a doctor just prescribing you pills and, you know, just pushing you along the assembly line of of getting help. And so those two feelings are the worst, because Mm -hmm. when you're in your unit, right, you don't want to be labeled as that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I read up a little bit about what you're doing. What alternative uh, healing or coping or just fixing them uh, alternatives have you found uh, the most, uh, uh, you know, the best uh, result with? Well, I will sit here and I will share this with you, right? What is that? This would be the medication that... I would have taken within a year. Time. Wait, hold on. For everybody that's just listening, I want to paint a picture for you. He just held up a freezer Ziploc bag full of pills, 
full of pills, guys, just so you can get the context of the story. Right. And so, you know, I was having to take eight to 10 different pills a day, right? When, when, when I, when I was really going through and I, I appreciate and love my doctors and, and the help that they gave me, but I was still feeling numb on the inside. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was just going through. I mean, I I was at a point of just being so numb and so distant that I started to have, you know, thoughts of suicidal ideation because it was like I'm in constant pain, like physical pain, right? From the, the injuries that I sustained, and then from losing two of my best friends to war and even some of my soldiers, you know, that, that emotional pain, you know, it, it plays on you because I'm sitting here with the, the, the shame, the guilt. Mm-hmm. Of, I wish I could have done something. Survivor's remorse. Like, I wish it was me instead of them because these were great Americans mm-hmm. that at an early age, they raised their hand to, to say, I'm going to serve and protect my country. Mm-hmm. And so it was tough. And so what I wanted, what I found was that I needed to learn about what my body was going through and, and what I was dealing with. Cause I, I strongly believe that, that if you can define it, right. Then you can put a game plan to overcoming it. Right. Yeah. And what we, and what we don't, and what we don't do. And I tell, I tell people all this time, the moment I brought my addiction and how I was really behaving into the light and kept and pulled it out of the closet was the moment that I could start taking ownership of it, which means that I could start changing it, but we keep everything hidden. We don't, we don't share our stories. It's, it's this secret we talk about and it, it, it just controls us. Uh, Cause you don't, you don't know the aspects of what's actually happening. Correct. Correct. And so when we talk about, you know, what did I did? So on top of my primary care provider instructions, right. And their treatment plan, I also researched and looked at holistic, you know, wellness and, and, and alternative uh, medicine. And so what I found was needing to have one, a healthier diet two you got to exercise no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right? And the other part to this is that I started to look into cannabis as a more healthier and natural means, or I won't say healthier, but as a more natural means to dealing with the pain and the stress and the depression and, and the drama and grief of, you know, of, of dealing with PTSD and, 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 and losing soldiers. Where do you live at? Uh, I'm currently in New Orleans. And do they, is marijuana, how does it, is it, is it legal there? How would you have access to it? So yeah, currently in New Orleans, um, their state laws are being passed um, where they have 10 dispensaries throughout the whole state and they're being contracted through um, two different organizations to supply. Um, 
I know for me, when I first got into the cannabis industry, and this was in 2012, um, I looked at states that were legal when it came to, um, you know, to, to using cannabis. And so mm-hmm. uh, me and my partners, we got into the cultivation side of it. So we okay. started in Michigan where we were setting up grow operations and supplying dispensaries um, with high quality premium cannabis, right? The market was still a gray area. And so we expanded our operations to California. And so one of the projects that we took on, great company, we ended up running a seven acre farm out in California, you know, growing cannabis on, you know, year round and had this turnkey operations together. Now, helping people get set up is one thing. Becoming an owner and having a footprint or establishing a footprint in the cannabis industry is another. And so there were so many different barriers to entry for being black that it damn near made it impossible. And I mean, I look at myself, um, um, I, I went to West Point, yeah. right? one of the top five schools in the nation. Mm-hmm. I served my country, my records clean, right? And I have funds. Why was it so hard for me, you know, to, to, to be able to, to get into this space I know, I know why. Because they were because the government was uh, making sure that the boys got in. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it was like, all right, I, I needed to find a, a, a better way to get into this, and I'm so glad that the Farm Bill Act was passed, which then allowed hemp and CBD to be federally legal. Okay. And so we moved into the CBD space. Mm-hmm. And so we have a line of CBD products um, that are geared towards, you know, dealing with depression, chronic pain, insomnia, um, those type, you know, injuries and illnesses um, that can, you know, help a person. I got a lot of questions here. We'll get through all of it. First thing first, are you creating, do you have a brick and mortar store or is it all online? Are you doing the production and the sale of the product? Yeah. So it's all online. Shipped anywhere or? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're able to ship uh, nationally at this point and then we'll be able to expand international. Uh, just you know. Once and and I, w- I would imagine that business is really good. <laughs> it's getting there. We're, 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 so so here here's what I want to talk about uh, and anybody that knows me knows I'm super open and uh, one of my buddies here in San Antonio is probably one of the biggest TBD guys I know uh, he's been in the space for quite a while um, I want to debunk a lot of myths in this in this conversation uh, first we'll start with marijuana what aspects of the healing part of marijuana do people not understand like you know because there's so many BS views around marijuana and, and thank God that they're, they're moving away. I, you know, me personally, I, I don't smoke that much, you know, every now and then um, if I need to or want to, but, but I understand what it does for people. Cause I've seen it with my own eyes. My buddy's been in a wheelchair since he was 18. He's 56. 
And because of marijuana, he hasn't taken pills in four years. So, so what do you think the average consumer doesn't understand uh, about the healing purposes of marijuana? Man, there, there are so many different avenues that. that we yeah. Just like maybe one or two, maybe like one or two that seems to be the biggest that come up a lot. Okay. So the body has natural receptors, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you take cannabis, those receptors, right, they, they pair together. And that's what helps with either the, the, the chronic pain or the alleviation of the, of the pain. Um, and also helps with changing your mood, right? So when you look at cannabis, marijuana, and then you look at, you know, CBD, uh, a cannabis plant or marijuana plant has both THC and CBD in it. And so mm-hmm. people tend to think that all cannabis, you know, gets you high and makes you feel, you know, a certain kind of way. Um, which, you know, is, is like other illegal drugs. And that's not necessarily the case, right? So mm-hmm. THC, you have to look at that. That's the head high, mm-hmm. right? That's the euphoric feeling that you get. That's what puts you in a happier mood. The CBD, that is the, the body high, right? That relieves the pain and, and the tension, you know, in the body, Um, And so a lot of people, right, you just have to do your homework to understand which one will help you better. Mm -hmm. Because when you look at marijuana and you want to use cannabis, it's okay. Um, How is it going to make me feel? And, you know, what are the side effects? One, no one, there's, there's, there's no supporting evidence that anyone has ever died from the use of cannabis, mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, it's a matter of, you know, what are you dealing with? You want to look at sativas or you want to look at indicas, right? Mm-hmm. One helps you mellow out and go to sleep. One gives you energy and ups your mood. When you look at CBD products, right, that's all geared towards um, the, the cannabinoids like that, that receptors that are in the body. And so you have your edibles and you have your topical creams, right? Now there's more research that needs to be done in the field and we're making strides to get there. And so you you can't make a good number of medical claims towards CBD products or cannabis products in general, uh, just because the FDA or USDA um, isn't going to back it until there's like strong supporting evidence um, on the research side. And just from a pure results point of view, because I know you can't make any claims, what have you seen from, let's say, military guys that are dealing with PTSD when they get introduced to a CBD product? Right. And something I do want to preference, if you are going to take a CBD product, one of the main things is it takes, uh, you know, a good couple of weeks, you know, mainly 30 days for it consistency um, for it to take take the effects. I, I am aware of that. So what are you seeing from these from these gentlemen um, separate from when they take uh, standard medical pills? Well, I'm. I'm 
I'm I'm not a medical expert. Don't 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 quote him, guys. He's just saying <laughs> what he's seen. <laughs> right. I'm just putting that out there. So if any lawyers are listening, <laughs> move it along. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I've seen real positive, right, mm-hmm. results. Um, mm-hmm. a, a, a lot that soldiers deal with or, or veterans is pain and insomnia. Mm-hmm. And so those two alone, I've seen some very, like, progressive results in, like, the reduction of you know, just that that feeling of, of dealing with pain. I know for, you know, me and myself, like it helps. I can take a tincture and, you know, my pain goes away for, you know, a day or two. Right. And so, I mean, I've seen, I've seen people come back and, and, and really just become believers of CBD because, it helped them get to sleep to get a good night rest or it alleviated some of the pain so that they could function throughout the day and just not have to, you know, deal with the pain. Uh, I, I remember talking with someone and they brought up a great point of what veterans or, you know, soldiers deal with, right? When you have chronic pain, that threshold then becomes your normal, mm. right? Mm. And so if you're dealing with this pain on a daily basis, that becomes your normal. And so when you can get relief from it, I mean, it's like a breath of fresh air. And and to put and and to go even a layer deeper on that, which you understand that too, emotionally and mentally it allows you to actually probably operate as yourself for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely do. I, I know uh, for, you know, like the CBD products that I use and, and, and when I do use cannabis, uh, cause I've used it to help me go to sleep when my sleep cycle is, is, is off. I mm-hmm. normally get anywhere from three to maybe four hours of sleep a night at the most. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm in chronic pain, I can't go to sleep. When I do go to sleep, my PTSD, I have nightmares from being, you know, in war. Mm-hmm. And so that whole thing, it just eats away at you. And you have this trifecta effect of when one area of your life, if you start to become sleep deprived, it physically and emotionally starts to take a toll on you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your, your health will go down your emotions will change. And so sleep is very important. And what I've noticed is being able to take a natural, right, a form of helping me get some sleep and rest. I mean, the next day, man, I, I feel I feel wonderful. I do yeah. I feel relieved. So anybody that Anybody that is my coaching client is not allowed to coach. I'm not, I'm, there won't be my client if they don't work out. And, you know, too many people are so worried about their job or the money they're making. And they're so concerned to start taking 
their body, right? Or the water they're bringing in or their health serious because they think it's going to affect their work or something like that. And what they don't understand is if you start pouring into yourself and you start taking time for yourself and you start self-caring, right? Like I have a guy who comes over. I'm very busy, like all the time. Like I do like, I did like 10 podcasts yesterday. So like, I'm very busy coaching, you know, but he comes once a week. He does body work uh, on Aubrey Marcus here, the guy who started on it in Austin. And it's an hour and a half where he releases the negative toxin energy massage kind of muscle stuff. And it's my hour and a half to just reset my brain. And I can't tell you for the entire next five days, it was like my brain had like a minute to shut off the iPhone, you know, like we got to understand that this is a busy world and technology is only going to make it busier. So you've got to make sure that you're taking that time, whether it be with CBD or health or sleep or whatever, or water you're taking in or healthy food. Like you are, it, it's so true. And we say it like so politely, but you are what you eat. You are what you take in and everything affects you. And, and you're dealing with, you're dealing with trauma that happened years and years ago and it's still there. And so, you know, this is a process for you to, to disassociate the attachment that's bound to happen in this, in this situation. So, you know, I, I love that this is something that you champion because I think it's something that needs to be talked about way more in society. And it's, you know, we've become this, the society of hustle, and all this shit and it, it's boring as fuck like enough like you know i front i you know normally i'm working heavy from from monday to thursday lunchtime and then i'm done like i need that that break and, and, and you know nothing if you're building your life off legacy where the hell are you going you know it's yeah. as simple as that yeah. and so i just love your message i love everything that you're about this is so interesting because you know, I, I tell it, you know, I, I call myself out all the time. You know, I was in a bad place in my marriage um, and just health wise and, and drinking too much. And, and I went to the doctor for the first time in 10 years and he saw me in like five, you know, he saw me for like five minutes. He prescribed a bunch of these drugs to me and like, I took them and like three days later, I was like, not even myself. And like, I called my mom who's a nurse and she's like, why are you, why are you taking that? Like that's just for bipolar patients. And I was just like, and that happened so quick. Like, and, and the, could you imagine if I got addicted to it? Right. And it really like made me step back. And like my girlfriend, she's never taken any pill. She fixes herself with like, we fix ourselves with fasting or like, you know, herbal medicines. Like, you know, like, because, so they found a report out. I do a lot of fasting, like 24 hours, three days not from time to time. They found a report that fasting for three or four days or one day, you know, uh, three times a month or twice a month, um, cures type two diabetes. Okay. And so like, they're saying like, by not putting shit in your stomach, your, your stomach naturally heals itself. You know, we're so quick for the medicine or the distraction. Like you really need to understand the way your body works and, and stop doing shit to, to fucking hurt it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, so it, it's awesome. So, I mean, ultimately, as you get movement on this company and your message gets bigger and bigger, you know, what is the long-term vision for, for your company and, and basically you as a person to, to share your message? What, what do you see happening in your, in your vision? Yeah, so 
what I see happening is that we as a culture start to shift, right, into bring mental health to the forefront. So the same way that you talk about going to work out physically, mm-hmm. same aspect that you need when it comes to mental health to be able to, to, to work out and exercise your mental health. Um, I strongly believe in, you know, just being able to take that stance. You, you, you have to give yourself, you have to be your best self. You got to give yourself a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. And so if that's working out to be physically in shape, if that is meditating and training your mind so that you can be, you know, mentally sharp and, and, and healthy and stable, right. Being able to do those things. And so one of the focus that I want to do is I want to build this community of mental health advocates. And I'll end up doing a walk from Mount Bayou, Mississippi, all the way through the South. We're going to go up the East Coast and go all the way up to West Point. And it's 7,185 miles. I'll start in in, in April and I'll make it to West Point come September. And September is Suicide Awareness Month. And it's also the um, commemoration of 9-11, right? And so I'll walk and my call to action is for anyone that is a mental health advocate, anyone that is dealing with PTSD or complicated grief, that is dealing with depression or suicide, to come join me, right? And, and either in spirit, in support, in the actual walk itself, this is our call to action to, to take our mental health seriously. Because like I told you earlier, you know, there, there's a lot that has been done for fallen soldiers. But what about those veterans that come back home? And so I strongly believe that if we can make enough noise in one day over the course of this walk, that we can help curb the suicide rate. Because currently 22 veterans a day on average die from suicide. I had to watch one of my peers and colleagues kill himself on Facebook because he was battling an addiction. And here his last moments, you could hear his cry for help in his message. And me and our friends, we spun up as quick as we could to try and get him help. By the time we got to him, we were able to to get him rushed through the hospital. We we got connected with the crisis line. They got him. They got him to the hospital. Um, But he ended up passing. You know, the positive part of that was he didn't have to die alone, right? 
we got him help. We got him support, you know, to, to be there for him. Um, but the sad part is, is it's like, I wish we could do more. And so I had a, I had a no, man. Thank you for being open enough to share that. Um, in uh, in uh, August, uh, probably lost one of the closest friends I've, I've ever lost. Uh, he OD'd. Uh, had a $5 million company. Didn't matter. He was just not in a good place. And uh, it really uh, made me think about my sobriety. It made me think about how many people don't get out. Like I got out, like you've been out and your, your friend didn't get out. And um, it, it, I'm sure you feel the same way I do. It's not, it's not an option for us to not help. We, we, we've been tasked with this burden and we wear it with a, with a badge of honor. And everybody asks me all the time how I do so much, how I help so much. It's because I don't have a choice. The same way you don't have a choice. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of people screaming in silence. And um, I tell you what, right now, a um, couple things are going to happen. One, I'm going to, I can't commit to this four months, but uh, we're having an event in Nashville in May. Um, I don't know where the route is, but I know I'm going to walk with you. I know I'm going to give y'all money and I know I'm going to raise money for y'all. And, uh, I'm going to introduce you to two guys. Uh, one, have you ever met a guy named Eric Upchurch? That name sounds familiar. Yes. He is a, uh, he is a, uh, special aviator Navy SEAL from the Navy, a multifamily investor who runs a group called active, active duty, passive in, in, investing. Yes. So yes. And the second guy's is his name is John Silva and, and two other gentlemen are ex-military. They run a coffee company. This is my coffee. Construct your life. Nobody cares. Brew another. So here's what we're going to do with you, bro. We're going to get your logo. And we're going to have your own coffee for this walk. And, every, and, and part of the proceeds to selling this coffee is going to go to your charity. Oh, man, I appreciate that. So I'm going to get that all set up today. I'm going to introduce you to the guys. I'm going to tell them the mission, what we're doing. Mission, that's a fucking mission. Damn right it is. And I'm going to do everything in my power. I have a really, really, really big network. So we are going to raise money at the event in Nashville. It's probably the biggest one we'll have, 100 plus people. And uh, I'm going to take donations and uh, we're going to donate that money to, to this cause in particular. I appreciate that. I do that. that. 
that that warms my heart right there. I, that means a lot. My my business partner is uh, currently in the army, a helicopter pilot. Two years left. He's out in Hawaii. We run an Airbnb management company as one of our businesses. One of the goals for the company uh, moving into the next couple of years is uh, we want to give away houses to military vets that can't afford them. And when I say fucking houses, I don't mean some sheetrock. I mean the entire fucking house. So, you know, just like Eric Upchurch, who's trying to end vets homelessness, I, I feel the same way, even though I didn't serve in the military. Um, I'm not a fan of how the military is treated in this country. Um, they're, they go off to war and they just don't, nobody gives a shit after that. So, you know, I have a loud mouth, so, uh, we're going to make sure it happens. So man, we're going to be doing some stuff together. I, I, I love what you're about. If anybody wants to find out more about your mission and what you're doing in your company, how would they do that? Man, you can reach me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, uh, and Instagram, the company website is guardsdown.com. Mm-hmm. And you can find, uh, you know, that, that, that tagline on all the social media. And for uh, the website and the nonprofit, uh, go to gregcwashington.com and you'll be able to learn more about the walk and, and what we're doing, we're doing there. So I personally want to thank you for your service in the military and then also just your service in life. Um, I love what you stand for. Uh, if you weren't walking across the damn country, I'd have you come speak at the event, but uh, we are, <laughs> we are talking about doing an event in Atlanta with some investors in April. So we might be able to work something up there with a good buddy of mine. So um, guys, if you This mission, this conversation is deeper than, than me and him. So, you know, I normally tell you to share it, uh, but I really want you to share it. I, I really want you to, to send it to a veteran or somebody that's lost somebody. And I, and I want um, there to be a reverberation of uh, the message getting out there. So I'm going to make sure that that, that happens in this end. And uh, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Man, awesome. I can't thank you, man, enough. I appreciate you having me on and, and just the, the work you're doing. I mean, like I said, when 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 I read up on your background and just hear your story, I mean, all the, the work you put in to helping yourself and then understanding, you know, the people that you lost around you, I can see the passion in your eyes and, and, and your mission. And like you said, we don't have no other no other choice. Mm-hmm. And and people don't understand, like, there's no fucking with me. I mean, it's not even a question because, it, you know, we talked about this last night, right? I spoke to the group. People go through something, right? Whether it be war or, or a dr- you know, drug addiction, alcoholism, divorce, whatever. And they get these fucking labels put on them by society. By a bunch of, I'm, I'm about to get nasty for a minute, by a bunch of motherfuckers that are living in their nice house with their marriage to shit and over leveraged on debt, casting stones from their fucking ivory tower. And it's fucking horseshit. And these people are just humans, just the same. 
we all make mistakes. And one of the things that everybody talks about why they love me is because I have no fucking judgment. I don't stand. I don't, I don't have any, I don't have judgment of fucking shit. Shit happens, man. Shit gets crazy. You do something stupid. Then my mom told me a story yesterday, blew my fucking mind out of my body. Like it happened at her work. Like now granted that guy just needs to go away, but, but, but either, but either, or things happen, people make bad decisions, but there's, it's a long life. And so we help who we can, we give our energy to who we can. And then we, we make sure that we lift up the people around us. You know, my why is to lift up everybody around me. And so I ask them all the time, how the fuck can I be finished? I can't. So you don't compete with me because I'm working an infinite sum game. Mm -hmm. The people that are living their life off of transactions and bullshit money, they're going to phase out. They're going to be unfulfilled really quickly. And so, yeah, I get frustrated. And yeah, it's a lot of work. But there's so much reward when you get the text message. Man, like I know I'm going to be getting text messages from this podcast because I'm going to send it to 10 people tomorrow. I mean, right after we get done. And they're going to be like, thank you. And that's what this is all about, man. This is what it's all about. And the message for your company and everything. So, I appreciate that. Man, you, got is, it. you got me fired up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come talk to your company, man. I'm ready. So, uh, but uh, all right, guys, we're going to get out of here. And uh, thank you all for listening. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.